Welcome to Endurance Minded. It's a podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Tanner Thomas, founder and coach at TDC. And on this episode, I welcome to the show Matt Hogan. Matt is a coach who works with entrepreneurs, leaders, and executives to help them overcome overwhelm and burnout so they can reach their full potential. Matt's driving force uh, is to work to answer one central question. And that question is, what is the fullest expression of my life meant to be? Matt and I's conversation kicks off with his recounting of the story of how he attempted to take his own life at a young age and how ultimately that experience led him to accomplish um, what he has today and to uh, fully embrace the experiences uh, that he's had the opportunity uh, to be a part of. Uh, Matt spent uh, a decade uh, as an executive working to build uh, teams and companies and ultimately found himself unfulfilled. What he had worked for, the job, the title, the prestige, uh, wasn't what he thought it would be and didn't bring him the satisfaction that he had hoped. And so with that information, he set out to uncover what it is that he wants to do with his life, how he wants to spend his days, um, and ultimately what it is that brings him joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. And so we use that as a springboard to unpack and discuss uh, any number of topics, some of which include uh, the intersection of endurance and mastery um, and how we really have to think about our lives and how we go about pursuing mastery um, as an exercise in endurance um, and how we have to have patience. Uh, we talk about the role of leadership and how everyone has the opportunity to step into a leadership role in their own lives. Um, we talk about uh, the importance of being present um, and this conversation is one that I immensely enjoyed. Matt's demeanor, his expertise, um, his, um, his uh, ability to be transparent and vulnerable, all made for a conversation that I got so much out of personally, and I know that you guys, our listeners, will get a tremendous amount out of it as well. Um, so this is definitely one you want to listen to start to finish. There is, um, no matter where you're at in life, no matter where you're at, um, as an individual, uh, whether you're coming from an endurance sports background, whether you're coming from uh, an entrepreneur or in leadership space, this is one packed with insight uh, and takeaways that you can immediately plot, apply in your own life. So, as always, enduranceminded.com for anything that we talk about on the show. Scroll to the bottom, drop us a message, let us know what's working for you. Um, and um, uh, thomasendurancecoaching.com for anything um, as far as resources, guidance. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, let us know what you think. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Matt Hogan. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. 
Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, endurance-minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hi, Taylor. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Um, so much of your story and um, the way that you live your life and the narrative around that uh, resonates with things that I'm passionate about and resonates with so many of the, the recurring themes and topics and, and issues um, that we're working to unpack on Endurance Minded. And um, so I think a good place to start and, and maybe what seems like kind of kicked things off for you is if we pull back a little bit and maybe um, tell us about kind of your um, this journey that you went on uh, from from a career perspective and how your you know path through uh, certain career goals and mindset associated with that ultimately led you to to kind of where you're at now and and what I take as has been a really transformative and fundamental shift in you know how you move through your days and your your mindset. You know, to really acknowledge that story, it requires a little bit of context to before that. Uh, 2004, I was what you might call like in the worst place in life you can imagine. I was in just total despair. Couldn't imagine a positive future for myself and ended up attempting to take my own life with a gun. And that actually what was the, the birthing of a part of me, a fire in me devoted to a life of self-mastery. I went from not having any vision of a good future to there's this unrelenting fire that goes, my life can be better. My life can be more. It can mean more. And it, do, it can be satisfying. And that took me into my studies and really launched my life. I was 18 at the time. And from there, I found myself into, for my first corporate work after university was uh, a pretty well-known brand, global brand, but within two months, and even no, no matter how much it paid, uh, I was like, this does not work for me. This does not work for me. And I quit and moved back across the country. And then within a couple of weeks, found myself working for a top five global brand. And at the onset of a startup in the first round of hires. And for me, I saw that moment of like, 
this is where I lean in. This is where I lean in and just develop my mastery of skills, my mastery of climbing the ranks. Like I, I love the work. And I spent the better part of a decade starting from that ground floor and then moving into a leadership role where I was running a team of about four people. The P&L that I was managing was about 250K a year and we were in one location. By the time I left, I was leading a team of about 100 people around the U.S., and had built the portfolio to about 6 million year over year. And the thing that always just lit me on fire through my entire corporate career was how can we look at our team, our customers, our clients in a way that helping them reach their full potential supports the business's potential. And I always loved that. And it was always an intuitive thing for me. It said, if you do this, you'll get the business results. And which was fun for me to see when we got the, got deemed the, a team of the highest customer satisfaction in this global organization for, I think it was three quarters in a row. And that led me up until my director's role, which I was gunning for the moment I came in the door. I'm like, I want this director's role. It is the epitome of what the picture perfect life looks like, the salary, the role. And I arrived and the balloons didn't drop from the ceiling like I thought they would. Instead, it was like, oh, where's my, where's my happiness? Where's my, where's my joy? Why, why doesn't this taste good? Why does it take like, taste like coffee grounds in my mouth? And it was around that time and in those, that time, while also going through a separation with my fiance, that I had realized how much I had self or superimposed happiness on everyone and everything out here in my life. My desire to be happy, I said, oh, for me to be happy, I need her to be this way. For me to be happy, I need to make that. For me to be happy, I need to have this title and this respect and this reputation. And it was really freaking hard to see, Taylor. It was really hard to just taste my own medicine and go, oh, I've been chasing the wrong things. And that took me in my path of like the questioning of a life purpose. It took me to leaving the U.S. for a month. I went backpacking the Philippines, which is where I made my decision to go full-time into my business, working with leaders. And when I left and I didn't took a year to just travel around the world to better discover what it meant for me to be me, what it meant to be me while also better understanding what it means to be human. Cause what better way to discover humanity than in yourself, as well as seeing the world around you. And I continue to this day to walk this path of what is my masterful life? What is the fullest expression of the life I'm meant to live? And that's the question that leads me every single day, still to this day, that was born all those years ago in 2004. Yeah. Wow, what a powerful story. I mean, God, yeah, you know, there, there could be nothing more impactful than, than that event, uh, you know, in 2004 and the feelings that led to that. And um I think for me, one of the things that resonates is your, your feeling of, you know, if I just get, if I just get here, right. If I just had X, if I could just, you know, and, and it's, um, uh, I've, I've heard it, uh, deemed, uh, or described as the arrival fallacy, right. Which is if we just arrive, if I can just get there, um, wherever there is, or, you know, and it could be a thing, it could be, it could, it could be a relationship, uh, it could be anything. And it, and it probably is all of those things. 
you know, at, at any one time. And, you know, what we see play out time and time again is that, of course, that it, it's never, it's never going to fill your cup, right? So, so we get there, and like you said, it doesn't taste as sweet as we thought it was going to. It, it really doesn't. Um, it doesn't scratch the itch like we thought it would. Um, you know, it doesn't, uh, you know, soothe us or whatever. Um, so when you, when you felt that way, when you got that promotion, when you were there, I mean, what was your initial, like, you know, how did you take that? Were you like, um, you know, did you push it to the side or, or, I mean, obviously it eventually led you to where you're at now, but you know, in that moment, in that first week or those first days, how did, how did you process that? What did that mean? You know, what did you make that mean about you and, and what was going on in your life? At first, I pushed it aside because when something you've coveted and highly sought after for so long finally arrives and there's a notion, a, a nudge inside yourself that goes, this isn't what you've been chasing. This isn't what you thought it would be. It can be really hard to pause and realize how much time and energy you put into that and the cost to relationships cost to your health and things in your finances, any, any kind of cost you lost because of that focus, it can be really hard to just go, Oh shit. <laughs> or Oh dang. Um, yeah, I've been chasing an illusion. And so for me, I pushed it aside for quite some time. I was like, I realized it quickly, but I very quickly shut it down. I was like, no, no, this, this is it. This is what I'm, this is what I'm supposed to want. Because that was the other thing. It was, I didn't know what else there could be. When I received that and achieved that, the possibility of something different didn't click for me at the time. There was only, this is what I've been chasing. And now that I'm here and it doesn't feel right, I don't know what another life could be. So I'm just going to go ahead and shut this down because it actually is scary to look at. It's scary to look at, this doesn't fit. And it's even scarier to look at, I don't know what does. And that was really hard for me, but it didn't happen in the first few weeks. It progressively became something I was willing to look at in the coming weeks and months. And it was finally a year later when I left. Hmm. What, what allowed you to make that shift? Because I mean, you know, as well as I do, that's, that's the situation that so many people find themselves in, right? Is they, they strive for this thing, and, um, you know, and, and just for context for, for our listeners, you know, it's, it's, it's on all fronts, you know, if you're in the athletic space or if it, we're talking about physical movement, it's, you know, if I could just, so many people are chasing a specific, whether it's a specific weight loss goal or a specific body type or the way that you look in a mirror, or if it's a, you know, from a career perspective, it's a job promotion and a, and a title like, like you found, but you know, it's, it's, it's in all areas of life. We just keep kind of pushing, you know, the, the, the adages or the metaphors that, you know, the, the, the goal line's always 10 yards down the field, right? We mm -hmm. never catch up. It's never there. We don't ever cross it. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I think unfortunately so many people are stuck in this mindset, 
Um, so, so what allowed you to, to break free of that and, and to start to really, you know, give yourself permission to, 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 to take action on, on these thoughts, you know, or to eventually take action on these things that you were feeling. I'll share, and then I'm curious about any experiences you have with this, and I may frame it as a better question back to you once I complete. It was progressive. There was a few things. One, I just started with what were the big questions I had, like really getting clear. Now that I'm being honest with myself and something ain't right, what do I want to know? And that's what led me to starting this whole, like doing Google searches of like, my job's unfulfilling or this isn't what I thought it was like what's next. And like, I was just starting to just follow those little nudges that led me to Google searches that led me to conversations. And ultimately it was having the questions on that I had is what it became what guided me. So really just to make it more concrete, if you find yourself there, start with what questions feel unanswered for me right now and let them start to be your guide. Even if you don't know the answer, get them written down, look at them. Keep looking at them, write what you can, record what you can, but start there. And that was what really started to open the door. And that's when I found myself doing like a life purpose course. Uh, and it led me to going to coach training school. And there was an essence of truth of like, this is what I was meant to do. This is the work I really feel I'm meant to do. But the the biggest shift of all of that, that, that came, it came about a year later, was, and I want to thread this back to an episode of yours I was listening to, Business is, Busyness is a Mindset. And you were talking about how we use busy as a place to hide. And it's so true. And I reached a point where I knew I was doing that and I just couldn't take it anymore. And I knew that something needed to change. I was doing this coach training program. I was starting to get clearer who on who I was but I knew that I was holding on to something that was really, really limiting me. And deep down, I knew it was my job, but I had the golden handcuffs and I was terrified to admit it. And I was terrified to let it go. So I kept pushing it aside. Nah, I can't be that. It's gotta be something else. Um, but I finally just devoted some time to it. And I put five countries in a hat, went to the Philippines for a month. I know that maybe not everybody can do that. But I went there because I knew if I went there, had no phone and allowed myself to be in this brand new space would challenge me and bring to me uh, enough novelty that I could see something new. And what I found when I was there through the first few days, I remember this very, very vividly. I'm sitting at a coffee table or a picnic table outside of a hostel and drinking coffee and I'm writing feverishly in a notebook. I'm writing about everything going on in my busy, chattering mind, like all the thoughts, all the, the fears about how do I manage my life? What do I do from here? I've been living this for so long. What does this mean? What am I supposed to do? Where do I go? Can I make it on my own? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Like there was just so much going on up here. And as you can imagine, when there's a lot going on up here, we have a lot of emotional instability that can come from that overwhelm, uh, irritability, uh, anxiety. And I found myself just feverishly writing in this notebook and I was just doing it nonstop for like an hour straight. 
And as I'm writing and writing and writing and all these things are coming out, things about being upset about my fiance leaving, things about my past, things about how much this job has meant to me, I started to get to more clarity. I started to get deeper into what was really important to me. And when I finally, you know, to get to the core of it, the two core insights that I had that changed everything met with a lot of fear along with relief as well as gratitude were one, this job has meant so much to me. I have grown so much as a man, as a human, and as a person, both skill-wise and values-wise. Like That job meant so much to me. It was such a springboard for my life, and I felt so much gratitude for it. And then, not much long after I recognized that, and I really let myself feel how grateful I was for how much that had meant for my life, the harder realization was, and it's time to let it go. You're ready to move on. And that one was the the hard one to see. So I flew across the world, got out of my busy life, and found a way to get enough presence with myself and enough time devoted to myself that I found those two insights that then later launched my business more full-time, left my corporate work, and took me out of the U.S. Mm. I think the presence piece is so important. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Let's talk about presence. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just, you know, it's, it's something I... I don't have any grand solution, you know, I, I think certainly finding more of it. I mean, I love, you know, just your, the opportunity that you had to, to kind of extricate yourself and realize that that presence was so important, but, you know, that's really an argument. I guess not argument might not be the best word, but I feel that I am arguing it sometimes um, for a consistent movement practice. You know, I see engaging with our bodies in a physical way as a real opportunity to be present, you know, because in Mm -hmm. in so many ways, if you set yourself up for success, if you can eliminate distraction, if you can focus on listening to your body and checking in and and really being in that space, I don't care what you're doing, you know, a a walk, a yoga, running, you know, pick pick a movement, but it's just about making that link between the mental and the physical and I think that that's such a, there's so much opportunity there to create opportunities for presence daily, you know, because we just don't Mm -hmm. get that chance very much. You know, we we are bombarded by all these things and, and, you know, whether it's busy or, or, you know, and even things that we care deeply about, you know, we're engaged in those things. And, and so I just think there's so much, there's so much to be said for really creating opportunities to be present. And for me, one of the most critical places that happens is in, you know, a movement practice and, and really making sure that that, that time is about that thing. You know, it's, it's not, you know, let me do this and also check emails or let me do this and also watch TV or, you know, I'm going to be there. I want to be in this space. And so I don't know. I just, I I feel it really resonates. I, I think there's so much clarity that comes when we can just provide ourselves opportunities to be present. And those opportunities are few and far between in the modern world. You know, we have any number of things that are set up to keep us from being present. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we don't, we're not really, um, we're not really inclined or encouraged 
to be with our thoughts. You know, it's, you know, it's so easy. You grab your phone, you turn on a streaming service, you look at Instagram, you, you know, whatever the thing is. And those things aren't, aren't bad, but, but, you know, there, I think there is just so much value in creating that dedicated space to be present. And I don't know, hearing you tell that story just got me thinking about, um, thinking about that. I mean, so that was your, you know, that was that one instance. I mean, you were, you were in the Philippines for some time. So I imagine you had tons of opportunity to, 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 you know, for introspection and to be present. I mean, how did that play out when you had this abundance of time and, and I'm assuming opportunity to be present? I'm happy to answer that. However, I feel like there's a good question I would love to ask you that could really be fun to explore. Are you open to that? I am totally open to that. You're sharing about your, uh, your seeing and knowing like what gets in the way of presence. I'm on my Instagram account. I am inundated with work. I'm inundated with family. I'm inundated with my thoughts, even though I may not be paying attention to them, you know, and your avocation for the connection of mind body is so beautiful. And so for me, I'm so glad to see how much more it's being emphasized these days. The question I had was, in your own experience of presence, what does presence feel like to you? Mm. It's a great question. You know, I think it's certainly evolved over time, which I've taken to be um, a, a good thing, you know, and if I can set the stage just briefly, um, it's something that I struggle with immensely. Um, it, it does not come natural to me. I have a, a very, very um, busy mind. I, I struggle to, to turn off. Um, I, I get hyper-focused on things that I care about, um, and that, that prevents me oftentimes from being present. Um, and so it's something that I have to work at actively. Is, is why I want to set the stage there, just give some context. And so for me to, to uh, again, I think it's evolved over time. You know, it, it, early on when I kind of really started to, to work on it and realized that it was something I needed to dedicate some, some energy towards because I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing a good job of being, being present for myself or, you know, being available and present for those around me. Um, it was just that I could focus on a task at hand, right? That I could actually be in that moment. You know, I could have a conversation, for instance, and dedicate myself to that conversation and not be thinking about, you know, what's my to-do list? What am I going to do immediately after this? How, how can I be better utilizing this time? Um, and then once I felt like I really was able to engage in that space, and it was like, okay, well, then how do I, how do I then do this in a way where I can create some space for myself, you know, and that's been the real kind of, I think the next evolution is, um, is to be able to do things and actually have, um, have an openness, right. Where for instance, if I use exercise, um, and one of the places that I, that I create this space most effectively for myself is, is walking, right. So we're not talking about intense exercise. We're not talking about any sort of training per se. It's, it's walks, no devices, 
no AirPods, no, no music, no, I walk, I take my dog. And I just really work on <clears throat> creating some space to check in, you know, hmm. how am I feeling? You know, are there anything, I, is there anything I need to process? Is there something that I'm dealing with that I've kind of pushed aside? Um, and that's been a really, you know, I continue to, to lean into that because it certainly doesn't come natural. But that's been a really productive and um, really transformative, you know, kind of process for me um, is to really have space that I'm actually not in, in, in kind of in, in the sense that we might want to try to think about our time as what are we doing with it, right? Am I productive? Am I checking some boxes? Am I getting things done? I'm actually purposefully not doing anything with that time. Um, and that's been a really amazing thing to be okay with um, because I am a very, very driven individual and I have <laughs> struggled to, to come off of that. So yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting to, to kind of see how that unfolds. But yeah, to your question directly, for me now that is actually having space or I am purposefully not getting anything done. And, and the purpose and the value of that time is the time itself. And, and it allows me to, to just be, just, just kind of take stock, you know, be present. I'm like, what's going on in my mind? You know, are there things again that I haven't thought about? So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what if, I have, how about, how about for you? Is that, what's that felt like? I want to offer this visual I got as you were sharing. I'm imagining you days busy, client work, time with family, uh, time with <laughs> just living daily life and working on all the things you're working on. And what I had was this image of a fishbowl. And in this fishbowl, there's a goldfish. And this goldfish, very wise, knows, knows a lot. And yet, for some reason maybe daily life, maybe cultural conditioning, maybe uh, all kinds of other things, mud just starts getting thrown into the water. And the mud just starts to make it all murky and messy. And, and what we're throwing in this mud is equivalent to all the thoughts, all the loop pattern, thinking patterns and loops that we go through. I dislike my job. I dislike my job. What's next? What's next? What's next? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? all those incessant thoughts and little things about maintaining our lives and living our lives well that continue to stir up the water. That's the mud. And then I imagine you taking this goldfish on a walk. You're taking a step away from the devices. You're taking a step away from everything. There is no doing. There is no productivity in this. You're just taking a walk. And you stop throwing mud in the, you stop throwing mud in the fishbowl. And what happens when the mm. mud gives a chance to stop having mud thrown in it and it's not being shaken up? It starts to settle at the bottom. And as it settles at the bottom, the water becomes crystal clear again. And so I imagined you going from the busyness of the day, the busyness of the mind, out on this walk, and like that muddy water, it has a chance to settle. So you, the goldfish in you being like your inner wisdom, your inner teacher, your inner guidance, can be like, aha, this is the thing. That's what's next. This is what's up. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it feels like. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I think 
that is the the clarity that comes from that you know from something as simple as it's going for a walk you know and 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 of course it doesn't have to be a walk it could be anything but i think for me it's so important that it's a dedicated thing you know that it has it has it takes up physical space you know mm-hmm. i have to do this thing and you know it meaning that i have to leave my my normal workflow I have to go outside, which is always good. Um, you know, and there's there's proactive steps that have to be taken. I think through that, um, yeah, that that's a that's a beautiful analogy. I think that's exactly how I would describe what it feels like. You know, in my mind, uh, so to speak, is that mud is settling, and then when I'm back from the walk, there is there's a lot of clarity. You know, and it feels like it's kind of a reset because um, otherwise you're just you know, you're just, it's task to task, right? It's, um, mm-hmm. we, we, we just move from one thing to the next. Um, yeah. So and like, and like you so well said, and the business as a mindset, when we don't, we don't have space to distill, what are our priorities? We just jump from task to task, even though we may not feel like we're getting anything done because we may just be filling our time up with more things to do without the space to really consider what it is that's most important. And that distillation time, that walking time, the goldfish time, I'm gonna call it that. Trademark. Yeah. Nice. Uh, the yeah. gold the goldfish yeah, time. I love that. Gives you a chance to really look at like what's most important, what needs to be let go. And where am I at? Where am I going? And yeah. maybe even see, see some I mean, nice nature you... while you're on a walk. <laughs> Right. If nothing else, you know, I mean, yeah, I do. There's so much value in getting outside, you know, I think. Um, but I, yeah, it's, I can't, I, I just, I feel so strongly about trying to, um, to help people prioritize the things they care most about, right? I talk mm-hmm. to people all the time, every day that are just not quite, they, they feel like they just can't quite wrap their hands around the things that they care most about, right? It's like something else comes up, right? It's like, oh, I was almost there, but I had to jump to this other thing, right? I almost was able to engage fully in this thing, but then I had this other task, right? I had this other, th- right? It's just stuff. And, mm-hmm. and if we could just realize the value in in, in trying to focus on our priorities, these things that care we care most deeply about. And then we have lots of tasks, right? There's all kinds of shit coming at us every day. And those things are, you know, they're, they're things we might need to get done, but like, I don't know, there just feels like there's this, this frantic energy that so many people are bringing to how they move through their days. Mm-hmm. And I certainly have them as well, right? I mean, there's, you know, where you're like, ah, I got so much to do, like, uh, you know, whatever it is, I, I'm not, not absolved from feeling that way, but I think there's, there's value in kind of taking this proactive approach to how we move through our days and really dialing in what, what we care most about. Um, I mean, it brings us to the, I mean, you mentioned mastery and I talked about it in that podcast episode. I've talked about it in other episodes I've done. What, what is, I mean, we're kind of, we're revolving around what I feel like is a mastery that's kind of the nucleus of what we're talking about is there's real value in that. What, what is that? 
what does mastery, you know, looked like for you? And what has that meant to, to you to, to try to take some responsibility over that, that mastery piece of your life? I was in a call today with a man, uh, was wanting some support and he's got some, some big things he's working on. Some of the biggest things he's working on is bringing more presence to his life and more satisfaction to his life as he plans to be a father and he's going to launch his own business uh, outside of being an executive. And so much of what we've been talking about here is aligned with the name of this show. It's about endurance. And what I mean by that is we don't live our fullest lives, our best lives, our most satisfying lives, or most aligned lives, whatever language lands for you, all similar vein, by sitting down one time. We don't, we don't get there by sitting down two times. We don't get there through three conversations. Our lives are an ongoing evolution. And what I brought up that man before was these big things that are going on for him. One of the things I asked him, I just looked at him and asked him, I was like, what's the conversation that you need to have with yourself right now to support you. And what is, uh, what I find, and this was my ca- in my case too, is so often I would be looking at what I need to talk to you about and what I need to share with the world. But the real, the real story, the real life mastery is being able to sit down with yourself and go, Matt, what do you need? What's this all about? What's this for? And being able to have those real conversations with ourselves the best we can. And I watched as this man spoke how he, he first was doing like I have done many times where it was like talking to you. And I said, but I want you to talk to yourself. I know that's a vulnerable thing to do as someone just met on a call. Um, but I watched him turn to himself and have this conversation. And I watched how his energy just shifted so quickly. And so quickly he knew what he needed. He could feel in himself what he needed to make changes in his life. He could feel in himself, no, this is the way forward. This is the way I support myself for distilling the goldfish bowl, for bringing more satisfaction to my relationships. And that, to me, is mastery. It's that ongoing conversation with ourselves that is inclusive of mind, body, and what I will call heart, that really develops what a a fulfilling, rewarding, fully satisfying life, how it comes to be. Walking that path of those conversations is what I call mastery. Mm. Because who who else is going to help you get there? It's awesome. Right, right. Yeah, it's so true. I've never thought about it through that lens, but yeah, it's that like, there is a real endurance piece to that. And it's this kind of ongoing, I love that, like ongoing conversation with yourself. Um, what, what is it about, what is it about that conversation with ourselves that you feel keeps people from having it? You know, people shy away from that. You know, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it was something that was, that was easy to, to arrive at, or if, if every, you know, the majority of people felt like they had a handle on it. So what is mm-hmm. it about that conversation that that's scary for people? Uh, whether that's maybe for you or in your experience working with individuals. Um, yeah. What, why is that? Why is that challenging? 
I'll, I'll share from my own personal experience because everything that I do with my clients is stuff I've taken myself through. Mm-hmm. And then I would love to hear just how either how it lands for you or how you would how you experience an answer to that. One, sure. I don't believe we're taught it. We're not really taught. In most most cases, I've never met someone that was taught to talk to themselves. Let me say that again. I've met few people that have been taught to have these kinds of conversations with themselves, to be able to trust their own sovereignty, to be able to trust their own inner guidance in a way that goes, yeah, I can find what I need in here. And then when I find that, then I can go out in the world and talk to the people I need to talk to, do the things I need to do. But knowing it starts here. Very few people I've met were taught that. I was never taught that. I had to learn it. I had to literally bump my head against the wall of life over and over and over and over again before I was like, something ain't right. (laughs) Um, And then there's the other piece that so often we live in a, for many of us, I don't want to say that everyone here experiences this, but we're meant to look for that expert, find that guru, find that person that can help you solve all your problems. And I'm not saying there's not helpful advice out there. I have certainly spent many years having many amazing mentors and guides. However, at the end of the day, it still comes back to this, it still comes back to us. And mm-hmm. so the, the the gap there is an over, what's the word I'm looking for? An over, uh, too much overemphasis on everyone else, what everyone else has to say about your life and what's right for you. And an under emphasis on your own inner messages. And it's like going back to the body. It's like going to the gym. You have to practice it. That little inner voice, if it hasn't been practiced with and talked to and talked with throughout your life, guess what? It's going to be like your calves if you haven't been doing leg day. They're going to look like chicken legs and you got the big upper body. Um, <laughs> and so the, in, the, in this story, the upper body is listening to everyone else. And in the story, the lower legs, are you not listening to yourself? And so right. there's that, that. And then inherent in that is more trust on what people are saying out here and less trust on what we're saying in here. And that makes it even harder because if we don't have trust for ourselves in the moments it matters most, what do we got? Yeah. And, and to be honest, if I just go beyond those things, I think that get us there to begin is kind of scary. Actually, I, I know it's pretty scary. It's like there is, especially if we've been someone that has experienced uh, a lot of criticism from other people, or ever really judged poorly, picked on, bullied, abandoned in families, and things that we never really fully let go. There can be such an impact on our own self-concept of who we are that it can actually be a root of what keeps us from trusting our own inner guidance. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I mean, that's such a, I, 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 I really, um, your point about looking externally, you know, I think this is something that I kind of key in on in, um, in lots of areas of, of, of life, but this, you know, it's a bit of like a quick fix. I'll kind of ex- to extrapolate, uh, the point you made, 
you know, it's kind of this quick fix, like hack culture. It's like, you know, who can give me the answers most quickly so that I can kind of get to the task of implementation and then move on with my life, right? The real harder work is to then, is to have that conversation with yourself to, to your point. And I don't know, I, I saw, I just, I see so many parallels there, you know, whether it's in the, you know, from a coaching perspective, you know, when I work with athletes, it's, um, you know, yes, you know, I'm here to support you, but I also need you to be able to listen to yourself, right? I need you to be, we're, we're developing skill sets that allow a level of attunement that is over and above and will supersede what I'm telling you as a coach, right? Like, I, I, you know, I, I'm here to provide some bumpers and guidance and support physically as well as emotionally and mentally, but, but ultimately, you know, the, the progression, the evolution is that you are going to get to a place where you have the ability to, to navigate this, you know, on your own, or you know how this is going to feel and you're able to check in with your body. So that, again, I just, I see so many parallels there. Uh, That's kind of the picture I was painting for my, in my mind when you were describing that, I was like, oh yeah, you see that time and time again in, in different scenarios in you know, throughout our lives, it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. What, what book can I buy? That's what people always ask me, right. About different topics, right. What book can I buy? Right. And it comes to like, you know, f- physical training or, you know, mindset or, or, you know, or business or entrepreneur, whatever, what book can I buy? I'm like, well, you know, I like to read, but then there's a point where you have to then take that knowledge. And you have to, you have to digest it and then understand what that means for you. And then implement it in a way that's meaningful for yourself and for your life and the way you want to move through the world, right? The book is not going to, you know, it's not going to solve anything. You know, it's going to, it's nice to, to, to consume information and to build a knowledge base. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I just see so many parallels there in, in all these different you know, parts of life, you know, so, so, so much now that we're just looking for that next thing, you know, and, the answer might really be we just need to like sit with ourselves for a second and, <laughs> and figure out what some of the answers to these tough questions are that we're kind of, you know, bot- bottling up maybe. Um, yeah. There's, there's know, so that, much. To yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, go ahead. No, fire away. There was so much in what you said just about in a book and things like that. And, what I don't want is people to hear that it's bad to listen to other people. There are people in the world mm-hmm. that have amazing experience and we right. literally build our future off the, the shoulders of who came before us. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. And we have to recognize that while we are a part of a collective, we, and we learn from each other, there is still a, I, me in the sense that I guide my life. I steer my life. I make my decisions. I'm responsible for my choices. And there are many times that it's, we would rather push away that responsibility and go, well, here are all the reasons I don't have the things I want. Here are the reasons I don't feel the way I want. Here are the reasons I don't have the relationships I want. And we push it out here. And then we'll read a book and we'll try to operate from the script of the book. And if we, if we start to color outside the lines of the book or what we were taught, it gets scary. And that's mm. when we start coloring, out, coloring outside of that lines of that book, that's where that inner voice, that inner conversation needs to happen. It's like, okay, this is a little bit far beyond what I read in the book 
what am I going to do? Um, you know what I find, I just want to add this and we can go anywhere you feel like we want to go is it's how we have the conversations with ourselves in the moment. I want to paint a picture so this doesn't feel conceptual. I'm in the Philippines and I'll be honest, I didn't do a lot of research about traveling to new countries at that point. It was before I'd done any major traveling. And I got there having some ideas around how I was going to get around and how I was going to get to my Airbnb that I booked while I was in customs having landed. And yeah, I had some travel knowledge from some some travel gurus that I had found on YouTube and just experience from traveling in the US which was only offered offered some but then there's then there's the reality i get into my life i'm in my life okay i'm in the context i'm at, i'm in the business meeting i'm in philippines i'm wherever i'm at after i did my learning and things don't go quite the way you thought they were going to do your your coloring book and your conceptual ideas of the book aren't going to quite cut it what do you do where do you turn you have to turn to yourself and you have to be able to turn to yourself and say, what the hell am I going to do? And what's the relationship I have with myself to do it? And I will tell you, I'm not sitting here painting this glorious picture like Matt's got it figured out because here's what happened for me. Um, in the first few hours of being in the Philippines and having just been overwhelmed from a sensory experience of what it was to come in after 36 hours of travel, coming into an environment was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I was overwhelmed and my mind was going crazy and it was just chattering about all the things that could happen. It wasn't go wrong. And are you nuts? Why are you here? And just all this stuff that my travel videos weren't going to help me with. And I literally had to pause and try to move beyond all that incessant criticism and doubt and fear and just go, what do I need right now? What do I need to do right now and really slow myself down and not be so lost in those automatic thoughts of doubt and criticism that so many of us are familiar with? It's creating a new conversation with ourselves where we're like, okay, I hear you doubts. I hear you fears. I hear you criticism and catastrophic futures. I hear you. I see you wave. And even with those there, I can still have a conversation in here that goes, what am I going to do? What do I need to do? What do I need? What do I need to let myself know? What do I need to find for me? When we can start having that intimate of a conversation with ourselves, it really starts to change things. It helped me in those moments make my way to the Airbnb that I was staying in. But the whole way, the rest of that stuff was still chattering. But there was enough break between that and what I was saying to myself, that deeper conversation, you might call it, that I was able to move forward. I was able to keep going. And I was also able to experience some wisdom in myself that I didn't know was there. And it gave me more confidence, too. So we're not a rant there for a minute. <laughs> no, that, that was great. I mean, I, I, my mind's going in a, in a million different directions. And, <clears throat> um, but one of the things that it did bring up, and I know this is something that you've worked on and, and, and talked about, is this kind of dualism of operating purely from your brain versus tapping into 
kind of our deeper intelligence. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, and it feels, I, I don't know, it feels like we, we're starting to kind of get, or we're dancing around that, that conversation. Um, so yeah, I mean, what is, what is that? One, I guess maybe can you define that for us? And then what is, how has that kind of manifested itself, you know, in, in your life, this, these two compartments, I guess, or ways to think about things. I'll use a short story of a client of mine that I'm working with who recently came in and worked with me for two days in person. And our work has been about helping him create a new relationship with his mind as well as his heart. And what started that whole conversation, because we'd been working together for a while before we really got to that place, because there's a progression, an evolution rather, that happens. And so we, we are where we are. That's the way it works. There is no other way it can be. And when he came, he told me, he goes, you know, I feel like my life is kind of like I live in a spreadsheet. My life is like a spreadsheet and I need everything to fit in these boxes. It has to fit in this box in this box, in this box for it to make sense. And if it colors outside of that box, it's really uncomfortable. And if it colors outside of the box, I don't know what to do. And if it colors outside of the box, I get really confused and it's, it's really difficult for me to navigate. And so this is a man that does really has done historically really well with systems, uh, problem solving, and building structures and tools and things like that for the company he supports. But he's really focusing on bringing his leadership to a new place and for his team. And what he connected with on his own was like, there's something more, but I'm not sure what it is. And he goes, there's something more I'm trying to feel. I'm trying to feel this sense of like depth maybe, or uh, he goes, they call it empathy, but he goes, I don't know if that's the right word. But ultimately, that we were starting to get into this feeling type experience that he was experiencing as the entry point to his most satisfying life. And that was the work we've been focusing on, was helping him use his brilliant mind while also being able to discern between it, what is that deeper place? And I say that, and I use that as a small sample, because every single one of us listening to this call and on this planet has more than just this powerful, this powerhouse. We have an intelligence within our bodies and our hearts uh, that are actually, how do I want to put this? They are bigger proponents and guides for the life that we crave the most, that maybe we do or don't know that we crave, than our brain. And they're fortunate that I can also say that if you look up heart math um, on YouTube, they talk about the heart's intelligence and how the brain is actually meant to serve the heart and how there is intelligence within our heart that guides our lives. And it is in this intelligence where our lives are more fully uh, utilized, more fully lived, more fully um, satisfying because it comes from this place of it's not a what am I supposed to do and what should I do? And what have other people told me I need to do and who I need to be? But when you get down into it, who do you really know yourself to be? And it's something you feel and you feel it more as a 
felt sensory experience rather than a thought that you may hear around your face and up here. And if you even start to notice, you can distinguish between where the two are at. Hmm. Yeah, it's almost I like that. I kind of... into... oh, go ahead. Well, if that kind of notion, I mean, with the, you know, it's almost, I get the sense that I've heard it described as, you know, just kind of get out of your own way. You know, we can be so cerebral and mm -hmm. that can be to our own detriment, right? We try to like oversolve problems, you know, or issues or things we're feeling. We're like, oh, if I could just think, and I'm guilty of this for sure. Um, God, if I just like think about it more, you know, if I could just sit with this and if I could just lean into how I can solve this problem or, or navigate this issue or, or whatever it is. And if you really, I've found is if you don't, again, just kind of get out of your own way. If you could step back, there's like a bit of a, you know, this kind of natural intuition, right? You actually can mm -hmm. solve these problems outside of the cerebral. Let me think more about it, but lean into these other um, these other kind of capacities that we have to mm -hmm. to solve problems or to to navigate issues or, or whatever it is. I don't know. That just yeah, it struck me. I was just again to my own self. You know, I, I can certainly have a tendency to to just kind of try to overthink things, right? Or have if you, I just like, you, yeah. What's that? I was just curious. Have you heard that inner voice within you, that deeper voice that is not cerebral? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it has been, um, as I have really worked to, to do more, uh, I mean, you know, not to, to use my own language. Um, uh, but to, to focus more on my priorities and less on my tasks, you know, if, if when I'm doing things that I really care about and are in alignment with my personal you know, values and, and mission. Um, that's when that feels like it, it is more um, readily available. You know, I don't have to like outwork these things. I don't, it doesn't feel like it's as forced for me. It's, you know, if I feel like I'm forcing something or, or if I later realize that I'm forcing something, cause it's not in alignment with these things I care about. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm being busy for the sake of being busy, some of these things we've talked about, um, that's when it feels like it's all up here, right? It's all in my head, and I'm and I'm and I'm you know, I'm beating my head against the wall. I feel like I can't find a solution. What you know, whatever that scenario is, whatever that narrative is, and then yeah, if I can, if I can step back, if I can kind of realign, and be like you know what, the things I care most about, like actually aren't in the equation right now. That's the problem. Um, so let me get back to those things. And then, yeah, to your question, I think there's definitely then opportunities for me to, to kind of realize these other capacities that exist. And, um, yeah, again, for me, I just, I've always kind of described it as like, oh, if I can just get out of my own way, you know, if I can get out of my own head, um, I bet, I bet, like, I bet it'll be easier. You know, I bet it doesn't have to be this challenging, this brutal this, you know, whatever. Um, cause I'm kind of making it that way for myself. You know, I'm stuck mm -hmm. up in my head. I can just take a step back and that's, yeah. So there's, there's certainly been an awareness there that has, I've worked to kind of evolve or, or develop 
Um, Clearly. But it's it's not, again, I mean, these are things that are, (laughs) on any given day, I still find myself in that place, you know, where it's the middle of the night and I'm up trying to, you know, my brain won't shut off and I'm trying to oversolve a problem. And if I really just stepped away, you know, and allowed some other part of my, my, uh, my body to lead the charge, it's, it's much more productive. Um, so yeah, I think that's certainly was, been a, something I've realized. What was cool that you said was when it's in your brain, when it's more cerebral, it feels more forced, more effort and more task-based. And it sounded like mm. you were saying is when it comes from maybe that deeper intelligence, heart, whatever we want to call it, let's not get, I don't want us to get caught up in hearts and language that maybe misses the point. Um, I'm saying that for me, cause I used to be the one like, what are you talking about heart? What is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> but that aside, any like body organs aside, that place that goes, no, this feels good. These priorities feel right. They don't right. feel full of force. They feel more, they feel more effortless. They feel right. And mm-hmm. I'm curious if, if you're willing just to take it a step further, are you able to describe the feeling, how f- right feels for you? Like, how do you know something feels right? Hmm. It's a great question. Um, I think one of the biggest cues for me is, um, I think the best way to describe it, and it's a very, you know, it's a very real feeling is this a reduction in stress. You know, when it, when it feels with that kind of, again, I'll describe this, this kind of environment, which is, you know, it's very cerebral. I'm, I'm stuck with trying to, to really just force this thing in a submission and sort it out. And it's in my head and, you know, blah, blah, blah. With that comes a high level of stress, you know, and I can feel it, you know, it, it doesn't feel good. It, you know, I don't, it's, it's, it's what stress feels like, um, you know, and it's, it's as much, um, it's as much mental as it is, you know, a physical manifestation of that stress, you know, in terms of there's fatigue and there's increased muscle soreness and there's, you know, there's all these things like it it just feels not good. And, and when I can get out of that place, that goes away. You know, I just don't have that stress. Um, And, and it's, um, it's such a much, it's such a much more enjoyable experience. You know, one of the things that I love is to grapple with complex problems. You know, Mm -hmm. I love building businesses and, and doing things that are innovative and, and building teams with personalities and individuals that bring a lot to the table. And all of those things are challenging, you know, so I like to put myself in situations that are, that are, you know, kind of potentially fraught with, with high stress environments. Mm-hmm. But I, but if I can stay in that space where it comes more naturally, where there's more of a flow and I'm not forcing it, then I enjoy those things. You know, they're a value add to, to my life. Um, if that's not the case, then the stress overtakes it, right? And I'm like, ah, this isn't enjoyable. You know, so I think honestly, that's my cue now is like, 
am I enjoying these things? Because, because that I should be. In theory, I'm doing things that are in alignment with what I care most about most days. Um, for the majority of those days. So if I'm feeling overly stressed, if I'm feeling all these things, like then that's, that's a cue for me. I'm like, you know, because this, this is actually fun. I enjoy these things. You know, I love working. Uh, I love being engaged. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's, been, that's become my cue is when I'm like, ah, oh, this is brutal. You know, this isn't, this isn't fun. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not being present. I'm not in, you know, I'm not, these things that are cornerstones of my life are falling away. I'm like, yeah, I got to get out of my own way. You know, I got to mm-hmm. step back. And I got to let, uh, again, yeah, what, whatever language resonates, you know, I, I'm similar to you. I've, I've resisted different types of language for a long time, I, you know, so whether it's hard or however, whatever that needs to look and sound like for individuals, like I do think there's definitely something there where, yeah, if you can, if you can step back, then I think that there's a real opportunity there to kind of step into a greater purpose and really be in alignment with the, with the stuff that you care about and things you're passionate about versus just like grinding, you know, that's so much part of our culture too, specifically in, in the, in the career space or, you know, entrepreneurial startup, you know, there's intersections there. It's just this like, you know, grind and and hustle and all, you know, I just, so much of that can be counterproductive language, Mm -hmm. you know, or like, ah, you know, it probably shouldn't be that much of a grind. um, If it's actually something you care about. (laughs) <laughs> you know, if yeah. it's actually something that's in alignment with your purpose, um, it, it shouldn't be miserable. You know, we're not meant to go through our days with our head down, just feeling like we've been beat up at the end of every day. And we, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't have time and space to explore our passions and things we care about uh, and to be healthy and to be happy. Um, so, yeah, I uh, w- what are your you know, you mentioned working with leaders this is another area I'm, I'm very passionate about and, and interested in is just, um, you know, what does a leader look like? I think so often we think about leadership or, or, you know, leadership gets projected as it's a, it's a boss, you know, guiding some people, you know, handing out mm-hmm. tasks and telling them what to do or, or, or it's a very simplified version of what I think a leader is, but I'd be interested to get your take on the kind of skill sets that you feel like are important when it comes to, to leadership. And I guess as to preface that, I mean, I, I feel like everybody is a leader, right? You're, you're a leader in your own life, right? Now, you know, whether we think about it as a, a company or whether we, you know, or we think about how you interact with your family or how you impact those people, the people around you, or, you know, so I think there's real opportunity for everyone to kind of think about themselves as leaders in their own life. And so that's, that's a, why I'm so interested in it, but yeah, what's that? What are some of those skills that you feel like are impactful for leadership? Before I answer that, I, I got to give something to the audience because you just shared <laughs> some amazing stuff these last few minutes. So first, I'm going to encourage everyone to rewind like the last ten minutes and write down. You literally gave some steps. One of like how you find your way to that deeper place, whether we call it heart, whatever we call it. Um, and you also gave signals 
of what it feels like to be there, what it sounds like to be there. And then you also gave symptoms of what it feels like when you're not there. So I would encourage <laughs> everyone to go back and write, write those things down and go, where am I at in this? What's true about this for me? Then even maybe go back to the very beginning or earlier in the call when we were talking about having those conversations with yourself, that internal conversation like you might have with a person and connect those two together and see what opens up for you. Because I think there's something really special in what you were sharing there, Taylor, about your own personal journey. So I wanted to acknowledge that and also, well, be honest, I wanted other people to benefit from it too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you. And then as far as, you know, about a leader, I'm in agreement with you about that everyone is a leader. We have to be. It's it's our lives. We have to be the leader of our lives. And I know so often we look at leader and we think leader of a company, organization, political movement, uh, team, whatever it is. And those are true. Those are roles. But really leader to me is more about the person inside. And it's the way they navigate life. It's the way they experience their way of being here. And what I mean by that is by being alive. And a leader to me is someone that has that willingness and devotion to that internal urge to evolve. Somewhere inside each of us, we have an urge to evolve. It's just innate. We're born with it. We're born into it. And to me, a leader is someone that is willing to listen to that call to evolve. And it doesn't mean you have to evolve the way that everyone else does. It doesn't mean this person's way of evolving is better than that person's. It's like, no, what is yours? What is your own call to live a full life? What is your own call to live your life well? And as long as you're listening to that, then what is the way you go about expressing that in the world? Meaning, what's the way you treat people? What's the way you treat yourself? What's the way you um, go about doing business? What's the way you go about working with money? What's the way you take care of your body? If you really look at what's so often in coaching circles, is called the wheel of life. We have like finance, we have spirituality, family, career, fun, health. But at the center of it, really, we have to look at it as, as you. And here's the leader in the middle. And to me, a leader is someone that can find balance in each of these and takes time and devotion to focus on all of these so their life feels whole and complete. Because when our lives feel whole and complete, our health is taken care of, we're taking care of our family, um, our physical needs are met, our financial needs are met, and we're able to continue to follow that internal guidance. What happens is we can't help but be generous to people. We can't help but be loving to people. We can't help but be honest. We can't help but do well in the world because we're coming from this place in ourselves that knows more and more who we are and what we're about and the way we want to live and live this life. And to me, that's a leader. Someone, and it's not about having it all figured out. This isn't about perfection. Perfection's an illusion of this thing, our brain. This is about the willingness to have the endurance that says, Each day, I'm going to do my best to live the life that I feel that I'm called to live. I'm going to do my best to be honest here. I'm going to do my best to to offer this person support. I'm going to do my best to love that person. I'm going to do my best to take care of my body. 
And that's all we can ever do is our best. And if we're doing that, what more can we do? And so to me, that's a leader. And that's my new definition of leader. I used to be very much caught in the idea it was about a role in a company. The step I might take further than that, that's my, might call that leader version one. Leader version two would be someone that takes that life devoted to that and that life calling to that, that willingness to go there and helps other people do it. And that could be someone in a company. That could be an executive that really puts time and attention building a culture that reverberates that way of living throughout the company. So the whole company is healthy. All the people are healthy. And guess what happens when we have a healthy company and healthy people? It extends out further into the world. So that's that's where I really look at leadership. I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> I, I think that's that's exactly how I have, and, and very much to to mirror you know your evolution. <clears throat> I, I used to have a much more kind of singular view of leadership, and it was a role in a company, or you know, and and now I think there's really so much value in helping individuals. You know, one of the things I care most deeply about is helping other individuals see themselves as leaders so they can do great work in the world. Right. Like that's, you know, it's a ripple effect. You know, if, if mm-hmm. I think that there's, even if that person doesn't have anything to do with me, right. Or if they go out in the world and do something different than, than how we first started to interact or whatever. And then another thing that you touched on that I, I just want to draw a, a, you know, a line back to you is this idea. One of the kind of themes I picked up on was that really to be a leader, like you have to show up for yourself first, right? And when you show up for yourself, like from a health perspective, from a relationship perspective, from a, you know, all these different areas, you're in the center and you have to show up for yourself in order to show up for others. Right. And I think that's something that I, I is a recurring theme and and lots of stuff that I talk about because it's something I believe so strongly in is we all, we so often put ourselves outside of that circle, right? We put ourselves at the bottom of our to-do lists. And, and I think that in order for us to do all these other things we want to do, right, whether it's job or family or whatever, we have to be in the center of that circle to use your uh, illustration. And, you know, the way that I really paint that picture is, you know, you have to show up for yourself, right? And once that's full, again, there's different facets of this, but I think, you know, health and, and our physical body is part of that. Um, then we can go out and do great things in the world, right? We can go out and pursue that career if we want. We can go out and, and build meaningful relationships with family and friends and kids and, and whoever it is. But, you know, if we're, if we're not at the center of that circle, it's all going to fall apart. So I don't know, that struck me as you were paying. I was like, oh, man, that's exactly, that's exactly what resonates with me, you know, and hopefully mm-hmm. I did, did justice to, to your illustration and didn't extrapolate too much. But, um, yeah, I just I see, I see that so clearly. I'm like, man, yeah, like you got to. It's not, it's not selfish to, to, to show up for yourself. Right. It's actually the lead. It's like a selfless act because you're then allowing yourself to go out into the world and make an impact. To, One to, of the you most know, responsible to, to, things we can do in this life is care about ourselves. Yes. Oh, man. Hallelujah. I love it. Um, 
Well, Matt, it is it has been a pleasure, my friend. I I can't thank you enough for your time and your willingness to be vulnerable uh, and and uh, share your story and your insights with with me and and uh, and our audience. And yeah, I'm grateful. Thank you so much, Taylor. This has been fun. I knew it would be when we were emailing back and forth. I'm like, and I'd listen to the podcast. I'm like, I like this guy. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> so, so thank yeah, you. So same, thank same you for letting for, me same have for fun. Me. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, no, it was mutual, my friend. I, uh, yeah, thanks so much. And, um, yeah, for all of our listeners, we'll have some resources from, uh, from Matt's end to, uh, to further some of the discussions that we've had. And, um, yeah, we'll be sure to, uh, make sure people can, uh, can access everything that you have to offer. And yeah, thank, thanks again for your time, Matt. I, I'm very grateful. Me too, Taylor. Thanks everyone for listening too.